I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly. The first week of OTAs are in the books. The Steelers have gotten through those practices. Um, you know, we uh, Dale, Dale was there for the first two days. I went in for the, for the third day. So we got to, we both got to see the practices, think, see how things worked out. But um, there was an interesting tidbit that happened on the third practice, Dale. Um, Devin Bush was there and was working out and, uh, Zach Banner, uh, you know, you asked, you asked him about it after the practice was over because he was available to us. And Zach Banner talked about how both of them have been working together a bit to get themselves back from their ACL tears. Dale, I, I can't help, but further emphasize the importance of getting a, a fully healthy Devin Bush back for this defense, something that, I think what a lot of people talk about predictions and understanding what the Steelers might be compared to where they were last year, Devin Bush was a huge piece that they were missing, you know, throughout the stretch of the second half of the season and having him back, I think opens up a ton for this defense. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he's the, he's the speed in the middle of that defense and uh, they need to get him back out there. They only had him for five games last year. Uh, They only had Zach Banner for, for, you know, half of one. Um, you know, and, and you know, you trade, use the, you trade up to get the, the tenth pick in the draft to get a guy like Devin Bush. Um, you know that that really was kind of irreplaceable in your defense. I mean, they they had guys out there uh, playing that spot, but they certainly weren't Devin Bush. I mean, that's just that just wasn't the case. Dale, one thing that you have you have written about and talked about a lot in our time working together is the importance of fortifying the middle of a defense. And making sure that you're strong during the middle of the because that because then you allow the, the rest of the defense to kind of build around those guys. You know, you talked about, you know, the 2000s defense of the Steelers. You had Casey Hampton in the nose tackle. You had James Ferrier at inside linebacker. Then you had Troy Polamalu at safety. All those guys helping control the middle of the field. The Steelers kind of have a situation like that now where you have. Cam Hayward or Stephon to it or both that you could say in the middle of the field there. And Devin Bush being that piece in the middle of the field at the linebacker position with Minka Fitzpatrick at, at safety, Devin Bush, you know, people forget it. When, when Ryan Chizier was here, he was a huge piece for this defense. And then when he was gone, there was a vacuum of, of, of what the Steelers needed to stop the run and cover the pass. And that's why they went and traded up so high to get Devin Bush and Devin Bush at 10th overall is the highest Steelers pick in the Kevin Colbert era since Plaxico burst, which was his first, his first draft pick. Um, so again, I, I, I keep hearing what the Steelers are going to be and what they're and, and, and the limitations of what they can be. 
because of where they were last year. But like you said, I mean, there's so much that was that when he went off the field, they, I mean, they had Robert Spillane. He had a pick six on Lamar Jackson. He had a big hit on Derrick Henry. You know, Vince Williams held it down for a little bit, but it just was nowhere near what Devin Bush can bring as an athlete. No, and you saw it in, in the uh, in, in the playoff loss to the Browns. Uh, Cleveland got their tight ends matched up on those linebackers, and that's easy pickings. Uh, that's why you you know you that's why again you go get a Devin Bush because you know you don't need those inside linebackers to cover like cornerbacks for five or six seconds, but you do need them to cover those 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 quick passing plays and run with those tight ends, run with the backs immediately to take some of those options, and that allows your pass rush to get home. Uh, you know, if the, if the quarterback has easy dump offs in those situations to the tight ends or the, or the running backs, uh, they're going to take those all day long and, 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 you know, gas you for eight, 10, 12 yards at a time. Um, you know, Devin Bush covers up for some of that. He does. And when you have, and the other thing to remember is when you have one linebacker who does that very well and uh, has a flexibility that gives your other linebacker that you're working with him more chances to kind of play into a role. That's that's why Vince Williams next to Ryan Shazier was a lot more dangerous than Vince Williams without Ryan Shazier because when Shazier was there, you could trust him to fill so many different roles. And then you could say, hey, Vince, go, you know, rush up the middle. Go get the quarterback. If the running back's in your way, plow him over. Hey, Vince, the run's coming the way. You take on a lineman or a fullback or whoever's in the way, clear the path for Ryan Shazier to get there or get there yourself. And that's what the Steelers, you know, they, they still have Vince Williams, but I can foresee that being kind of what they do with Buddy Johnson. And I wrote about this in Carter's classroom is that you're not going to ask Buddy Johnson to be the superstar linebacker. That's what Devin Bush is for. But you need Devin Bush to set up your other linebackers so they can say, hey, we want you in this specific role. That's not asking too much of you. And again, it's 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 crazy how one person's talent, talent or skill set can set up so many other people. Yeah, I know. Steeler fans uh, always wondering well, why do the Steelers always get uh, a linebacker li- matched up on a on a uh, wide receiver? Well, here's the thing, folks. If you've got two slow linebackers on the mm-hmm. field together, one of those guys is going to have to cover somebody, at yeah. least one of them. Right. And the offense will will gain will will manipulate things to make that happen. Again, we saw it with the Browns last year. They come out in a two tight end set with a running back and two wide receivers. What do you do there if you're the Steelers? You have to you have to respect the running game. You come out in your base set. Mm-hmm. Well, then all of a sudden those tight ends split out wide. Now you've got your 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 uh, you've got your inside your line. linebacker has to cover somebody out in space. Mm-hmm. And if he can't run, you're in trouble. That's the beauty of Devin Bush. If that happens and Devin Bush is on the field, he's the guy that splits out wide with whoever went out there. So you know it, it just opens up so much of your game. And, and oh, by the way, the Steelers do the same thing to yeah. other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think back to the, the game against the Eagles last year, the last touchdown pass that Ben Roethlisberger threw, he manipulated the defense to get an inside linebacker, or in this case, a middle linebacker, matched up on Chase Claypool. That's a touchdown. Uh, that's, right. the way the, that's the way the NFL works. It's a game of matchups, and you try to manipulate the defense to get the ones that you want. That's, what, that's why the, you know, when you look at what the Steelers did in the, in the draft this year, um, you know, you add a running back who, who doesn't have to leave the field. He's not a tell. Um, you know, he, he's going to stay on the field on third downs. You add an, a, another tight end who, who, you know, can block and catch. All right, now you can do some of those two tight end sets. Uh, and you, you leave the running back on the field. All of a sudden, you, you, motion the, uh, you motion Najee Harris out of the backfield. 
somebody's getting a mismatch. Yep. Because it, when Najee Harris is on the field and there are two tight ends on the field, the opposing team's going to come out there and say, Steelers are running the football here. Or at least 80% of the time, they're going to run the football here. Well, now you're going to get yourself some matchups because, you know, let's say the two receivers are, are Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson out there. Okay. So somebody out of that foursome, uh, whether it be Ebron, Claypool, uh, Fryermuth, Harris, or, or Deontay Johnson, somebody's getting a mismatch because if the, if the opposing defense is in, the, is in a base, somebody's getting a linebacker, somebody's getting a safety, and you take those matchups all day long. I agree. And, and it's so funny, Dale. You and I joke about this during the season because it happens every sing, single season when the Steelers give up a third down conversion or a touchdown when they see, oh, well, a linebacker got messed, matched up with, with a receiver. And, and then it's just like, if you Steelers fans get so locked into that and then they don't watch any other NFL games, it happens to every team at some point in time, you know, but some, but sometimes the teams that have the more athletic linebackers like the Buccaneers have guys who can run with guys a little bit better. And it's tougher to beat those guys over the middle. So you don't say it as much when they get matched up in those situations, because they're better than a John Bostic in that situation or a Vince Williams in that situation. And that's just their skill set. That's what they do. So, but, you know, but it's again, it's something that I encourage people to do. Like when they say only the Steelers struggle with teams with losing records, it's like, are you crazy? Like if you looked at the score box, the one, well, the box score of every game. And then if you went back and watched all these other games that happen, you know, on a, on a given Sunday or, or even Monday football or whenever you see these, t- these things, they play out in all the, with all these other teams. And it just, the, these are giant misnomers that I think people just make sweeping allegations off because they watched one moment in a game that did, they didn't like. Yeah, I, I just I, I always dislike when people talk in absolutes because there's nothing absolute about the NFL. There just isn't. There's nothing that always happens. Um, there's nothing that this happens all the time. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin, you, you brought up the, the te- losing the teams with uh, losing records. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Tomlin's got a better winning percentage against teams with losing records than Bill Cowher did. Mm. Uh, I bet you he has a better record. Than, and I've never looked this up, but I would be willing to bet. Mike Tomlin has a better record against losing teams than Chuck Knoll did mm. uh, because Chuck Knoll coached a long time. And, and you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, when the Steelers were losing games to teams with bad records in 2012, 2013, mm. uh, even 2014, they weren't a very good football team. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they, they were better. a 500-ish team. Mm-hmm. That's what happens in the NFL. If you don't play your best game, if you get bad matchups with that inside linebacker, uh, you're going to lose some of those games. So, yeah, it, it uh, the absolute stuff drives me crazy. And I think people who read a website uh, know that. Um, <laughs> I, I certainly am not afraid to call somebody out when they talk in absolutes. There's nothing absolute. There are trends. There are things that often happen, but there is nothing that happens every single time they lose this or they do that. No, it doesn't happen that way. Uh, I agree entirely. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking more on your Pittsburgh Steelers and things that we're looking at coming out of OTAs right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Back here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKSports.com. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast platform anywhere podcasts are hosted. That's Apple, that's Spotify, that's Google Podcasts, and I mean anywhere podcasts are hosted. And when you do, don't forget to rate us five stars with a positive comment. That stuff really helps out the network with all of our shows. Now, Dale, talking more about some things that we've kind of gotten to hear from guys, you know, who've spoken. You know, when we talked to a couple offensive linemen, Kevin Dotson, Zach Banner, and Kevin Dotson talked about, was asked about leadership and who's kind of filling the leadership void and, you know, those type of things. Because Marquise Pouncey's gone and that's a new thing. And Zach Banner, you know, was mentioned by Kevin Dotson. He said, like, you know, he's kind of stepping up because he is, he does have that big personality that we all know. Um, but, you know, Zach Banner said, you know, when, when we kind of asked him about that on a Thursday, you know, he wasn't kind of, you know, just jumping in and say, yeah, I'm the leader. But he was kind of saying, like, you know, we're, we're trying to pick up off of the culture that was left behind from Marquis Pouncey and the things that we kind of we, we understood where this line had been just a few years ago to take it and make it whatever this new generation of offensive linemen. You know, and I, I think in general that's something the Steelers are looking for right now is who's going to be that leader of the future. Who's going to, or who are going to be those leaders of the future? Because there's a lot of young talent in this locker room and there's a lot of personalities too, that are poking up all the time. Yeah. I mean, they're going to need a guy like David DeCastro uh, is the obvious choice. You know, when mm-hmm. you're talking about the leader of the, the offensive line, he's got the hardware in terms of pro bowls and all pro votes. Uh, you know, he's, he's been here a long time. Uh, is he going to be a vocal raw, raw guy? No, but you don't have to be. You don't need that. You know, Alan Fanica wasn't that kind of guy either, but Alan Fanica was a leader. Uh, you know, DeCastro uh, is more of the, I'm just going to go about my job and do do what I'm supposed to do. And I Be think, by example. Yeah, and I think guys can, can appreciate that. You don't always need to be a leader by being raw, raw, in your face kind of stuff. Um, you know, and a lot of times guys try to force that. Uh, you know, it's just not the way that it needs to be. And, and I think we've seen, for example, last year, TJ Watt took a much more vocal leadership role with this football team, mm. as you would hope and want for that to happen with one of your better players. Uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger in his first few years with the team was not uh, a vocal leader, uh, at least not the way that you'd want your quarterback to be, because he, he was a young guy on a team with a lot of veterans. Uh, but as he, you know, morphed into that that second level of his career he became a leader on the on the in that locker room so leadership to me is can be a bit overblown uh, because you can either get your leadership from in your locker room or you get your leadership from the top the head coach Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just a matter of 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 what kind of team that you have uh, what kind of roster do you have and you know I, I think leaders are developed um, you know, guys step forward, guys show that leadership in different ways. It doesn't always have to be the, well, he's the, he's the vocal leader. It doesn't all have to be Joey Porter, for example, right. you know, 
Um, you know, guys like Heath Miller Heath have Miller. been leaders exactly. without saying a word. Troy Palomalu, without mm-hmm. saying a word mm-hmm. to anybody else. It's just how they go about their business. I agree. Uh, and, and there's still times, even while you're not being the vocal leader, you could still have those moments where you step to someone and you let them know like, that this is, this is the way that we need to go. You know? Yeah. I Getting- remember, you know, I remember talking to Antonio Brown one time and he told me, you know, that Antonio was, was kind of uh, complaining a little bit about not getting enough touches. Mm-hmm. Um, and Heath Miller went to him and said, Hey, you know, knock it off. You'll get your touches. Don't worry about it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. they'll come to you. Hmm. And Antonio said for Heath to say that to me, if he, if he's going to talk up, like speak up like that, then, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll trust that because mm-hmm. it's, you know, he's Heath Miller. Um, wow. you know, so, he got Antonio Brown to calm down. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you know, that's, you know, Heath didn't do that often. I, I went to Heath after that. And I'm like, Antonio uh, told me that you, uh, you had some words for him about, you know, com- you know, complaining about not getting the ball. And he's like, he told you that? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, eh, it wasn't that big of a deal. I'm like, Heath. <laughs> That's Heath. Yeah. yeah, it was. When when you speak, guys listen, you know, because you don't do it all the time. Right. I, I mean, in like one instance where I saw it kind of live was uh, it was the the latest, the, the away Cincinnati game in, I believe it was 2017. And it was shortly after when juju blew up perfect and juju was like feeling himself a bit and then he made another big play and at some point like during like a break he was kind of like bouncing around and being his goofy self but he was also a rookie and it was like he was kind of doing too much and he was yapping and pointing at the other sideline and i just saw david DeCastro. i you couldn't tell what he said but you could tell what he said because he gripped him up got him froze and he just kind of like looked like he was yelling at him and then get he, yourself focused right and then he yeah. but then he threw him away and then juju was kind of like oh and then he got back in the huddle and he was cooled out for the rest of that and then they went on to win that game it's it's those type of moments where like you said, he don't need to say, you know, five-star matchup because we in it or who I'd re, re all the things that, 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 you know, have been like monikers for the organization for, for the past several years, but stepping up in those moments and letting people know, like, this is what it means to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Those are the guys. I think that the Steelers are trying to figure out who's going to be those guys of the future. I mean, they have some of those guys, right? Cam Hayward. You know, he's definitely, he, he's like a Mr. Steeler. Like you, you identify him with the organization. And it's interesting to hear some of these younger guys talking, you know, everyone's excited about Najee Harris, but they're also excited about Kevin Dotson. And, you know, is, can make a Fitzpatrick step up in that regard, you know, can Devin Bush step up in that regard? There's, there's a lot of young guys. And I'm, I think a big part of whatever happens in this next decade of Steelers football could define a lot of who, who, what kind of leaders step out of the locker room that we're looking at right now. Yeah, and that stuff will all be determined uh, going through this season. We'll see how it goes, but, uh, you know, uh, it could be the next quarterback. Who knows? Who knows? Could be the next quarterback. Could be anybody. Dale, as always, it's a fun show with you, man, here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast. Um, thanks for being on the show, and thank you for listening to the show here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Remember to subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com itself, where you can get all of our written content with uh, with us breaking things down, what's going on in OTAs, our film talks, and everything else that we do. And then we do. There's also the great coverage we have on the Pirates, the Penguins, and everything else that we cover on the website. And of course, remember to subscribe to this free podcast platform on Apple 
Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else, and rate us five stars of positive comments. It helps out all the shows. So if you like Lolly Carter, if you like 66 to 87, if you like H2P, if you like, you know, the podcast, you know, to be named later, all those things, when you rate us five stars, it helps out everybody. So please do that. It does go a long way. Happy Memorial Day to everyone out there. Really appreciate those who have served um, and honor those, honor those who have served and aren't, aren't with us any, anymore. Hope everyone has a good holiday weekend. Stay safe. We'll be back with you next week. Thank you.